Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, you've heard me and then Pastor Lorne let you know that we'll be living this next year a Prince of Peace under the banner of the theme, Choose Love, Choose Peace. The idea of the theme is to encourage everyone in our community to engage in the world in intentional ways that stand in contrast to so many of the prevailing narratives of our world. Jesus sets up his ministry in a similar way. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus is trying to show those that are following him the short-sightedness of our constant scorekeeping and trying to put ourselves above others because we all fall short in the end that all of us are in need of God's love, God's grace, and forgiveness. In the midst of that discourse in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Luke's gospel, where we'll spend most of our time this year, says it this way in the Sermon on the Mount, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. The world is telling us something else, but Jesus tells us this. Choose love, just as the Father first chooses to love you. Last week, Pastor Lorne reminded us that Luke's gospel sets the stage for this love with the shepherds in the field, the very first people to hear the good news of God's love coming to us incarnate in the Christ child. These very first people are some of those lowliest servants the most unexpected to be given this kind of great news of joy for all the people. But that's just it. It is good news for all the people. And in our passage for today, we hear the beginning of Jesus' ministry. We often talk about this being Jesus' inaugural address. He begins his ministry in Nazareth, his home village, by reading From the prophet Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me 
to bring good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed. We often read each one of these as separate categories, but good news to the poor is really more of a blanket statement. The Greek word for poor here, pidohos, is a general word that has to do with more than just our material wealth. It's really about our overall well-being. The downtrodden, the marginalized by society, poor in body, mind, and spirit, all are contained in this word. So the unconditional love and grace of Jesus is for all the people. Everyone is included. And unlike so many other good things in life that seem to be reserved for only the great ones, the good ones, the worthy ones, God's love knows no boundaries. In fact, God's love breaks through the boundaries that we try to place around it. It's playoff time, and the Bengals are historically good again this season, so you hear a lot of, I love the Bengals, especially this morning after that amazing win last night. You'll also often hear a surprisingly large chorus of, of I love the Packers, but maybe not so much after last night. Oh, hard, hard win here for our Packer fans. And this is all mostly in good fun, but too often, even in sports, Loving the Bengals almost certainly means hating the Steelers. And if you're a Browns fan, you also always include the Ravens in that hate column. And the duality thus concludes that loving something by definition means hating something else. This translates into so much in our world. I love those that think like me and therefore I hate those who see things differently. You're either for us or you're against us, we say. But this statement, even on its own, in its own rights, is ridiculous when you really think about it. Among rhetorical devices, it's a poster child for the logical fallacy, or more specifically, a false dichotomy. Of course, there are other options. But too often, it is to the advantage of power brokers in this world to narrow everything down to an us versus them, love them or hate them duality. But it is not to be so among you, says Jesus. The good news of my love is for everyone. Love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you, he said. Even sinners love those who love them. One of the places we see this divide over and over again in our country is over the issue of racism. And too quickly, we want to point the finger at the other and their supposedly greater sin. And power brokers that benefit from this divide are more than happy to stoke the fires. But there is a better way a way of love, a way of inclusion of equality for all. 
This past week on the heels of Martin Luther King Jr. Day is what has come to be known as the National Day of Racial Healing. And in Cincinnati this year, the keynote speaker, Heather McGee, challenged us as a society to change the narrative from a zero-sum game that pits one group against another that believes that progress for one group has to come at the expense of another group. Instead, she channels the message of Jesus when she says that there is a better way through love and healing. She said, with the radical imagination that love offers, we can see ourselves to a whole and healthy community where everyone can thrive. She reminds us that the work on the challenges of racism shouldn't be a threat, but rather an invitation to building a better society. There are so many divisions, so many us versus them scenarios that we perpetuate in this world, and there is simply no positive outcome if love, acceptance, and wholeness is only a gift for some and not for others. One of the greatest stories told by Tony Campolo, the great Christian storyteller, is the story of Agnes, the prostitute he meets one night in a diner in Honolulu. He was there on a speaking engagement, struggling with the time change, and he found himself up in the middle of the night and got out to to clear his head and went and found a little greasy spoon diner down the street, the only place open close to the hotel. Well, because it's the only place close to the hotel at that time, he found that it was also the place where all of the prostitutes would come in in the middle of the night for a break and get a cup of coffee. And he sat down at the, the counter and he was listening to a couple conversations happening behind him, and he overheard the conversation of two women sitting there, clearly prostitutes, and one of them said to the other one, you know, tomorrow is my birthday. And the other one said, well, what do you want me to do, throw you a party or something? Who cares? He said, come on, I'm just saying, it's my birthday. I'll be 29 years old. I've never had a birthday. I don't expect, never had a birthday party. I don't expect you to do anything. She looked back down at her cup of coffee and went on her way. Tony was sitting there thinking about it, and after she left this other woman, he said something to the guy that was running the the diner, the cook behind the, the counter. He said, you know, do you know who that woman is? He said, yeah, her name's Agnes. She's in here every night. He said, I heard her say that tomorrow's her birthday, and I think we should throw her a birthday party. The guy kind of surprised, but then he suddenly started to like the idea. He said, yeah. He called his wife out, and he said, tomorrow's Agnes's birthday. birthday. We're going to throw her a birthday party. And his wife said, that is a great idea. She is such a nice person, and no one's ever done anything nice for Agnes. And Tony said something about getting a birthday cake, and the, the cook said, no, 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 that's my department. I'll make the cake. And so the next night, about 2 a.m., Tony walks back into the diner, brought a bunch of decorations he picked up at a local uh, drugstore, and he hadn't made a sign, too, that said, Happy Birthday, Agnes. And they put it all up, had it looking nice, and in Agnes walks 
And she sees the sign and they start to sing. And it's not just Tony and the owner. All the word has gotten out on the street and basically every prostitute in Honolulu is packed into this little diner as they sing Happy Birthday, Dear Agnes. And they brought the cake out with the candles in it and tears started streaming down her face. And she blew out the candles and then she took the cake and she just held it. And she looked up at Tony and the cook and she said, do you mind if I just take this cake? And everyone was kind of flabbergasted and they said, well, sure. And she cradled the cake, tears still streaming down her face, and walked out of the diner with this precious gift that she had never received before in her hands. And the cook kind of grumped and said, well, that wasn't what I was expecting to happen. And, and Tony, everyone looked at him because he was clearly the host of this party, and he said, why don't we pray? And he stood up and he prayed for Agnes, prayed for God's love to be known in her life, for transformation to come to her and to her life and to that city. As he finished the prayer, the cook looked at him and said, never knew you were a pastor. You didn't tell me that. And Tony said, no, I guess I didn't. And he said, well, what kind of church are you a part of anyway? And he said, well, I'm a part of the kind of church that will throw a birthday party for a prostitute in the middle of the night. And this is possibly the most interesting part of this story. The cook looked at him and said, huh, I've never heard of that kind of church. I could go to that kind of a church. It's a feel-good story to hear of this love for Agnes, but that last part of the story is important to hear as well. Because far too often, people in the world never see the church as a place that would throw a birthday party for a prostitute. We need to be that kind of a church. We need to be those people that don't see any member as any more important than the other. That the good news of Jesus is good news for everyone. That we are all loved. We are all welcomed. We are all made whole in the body of Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.